1: Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, uh, I can say that now. It's been th- this is our third third pod together. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, colleague, and good friend, Zach Milner. Zach, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing good. I went to the Harvard-Westlake Crossroads game yesterday. Going to be at uh, Pepperdine-UC Irvine tomorrow. So a lot of, lot of basketball on, on film, going to games in person. Just a great time of the year.
1: Yeah, this is super random. Do you remember... Uh, I can't remember the center's name who played at UC Irvine for a couple years when I I think UC Irvine almost like they they were like on the precipice of upsetting somebody in the first round of the tournament. They I want to say they were a 13 seed in like the mid 2010s. They had like some like 7'4", 7'5 guy who just absolutely was it
0: played. Colin Welp or what a, I think I might be mispronouncing his name there, but I think that's what you're talking about. A few years ago, a couple years ago,
1: no, it was like it was like 2015. Uh, 2015. But it's okay, been a while. The point being. Random that's the only UC Irvine thought I have right now. Um but yeah, man. I- I'm excited for you to get out to that. Oh, the, I day? got you. Yeah, you uh
0: Mama Doo. Mama Doo. Yes. Mama Do and diet. Yes. Yes, Mamadou yes, yes he, yes, was,
1: yes. he was wild. That's
0: man. yeah. So I was actually at Arizona when he was at UC Irvine, and I'm pretty sure when he said twenty fourteen, that was my freshman year, and I think Rondé Hollis Jefferson dunked on him that game. I was I was remembering that game, so so yeah
1: oh that's right that is that's absolutely right how did i forget that uc irvine won 31 games in 2018-19
0: see that's that's why when you said they were on the upset i went a few years ago um but then you brought 2014 i went i knew exactly who you were talking about but yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah
1: yeah that's wow okay incredible i had no idea <laughs> Wow, but things you learn. uh well yeah what are what are we here to talk about today man
0: I mean, just we've had uh, some games this week before we get Stop to the that. Thanksgiving tournament next week. So, so the Champions Classic, we finally had that. We finally had some top teams play against each other.
1: Yeah, that was fun. It was also kind of wild. Um, having the giant break in between to to go randomly talk about college football was not my favorite. Um, like I got the idea and the understanding, but as soon as as soon as we went. To the set to we knew we were going to overtime, I was like, Oh, brother, like, come on, because they weren't yeah. gonna tip the second game, obviously. Like, I mean, you can't, they play on the same court. Um, but regardless, two good games a game, not even just prospect wise, just like in terms of actual basketball enjoyment. We had some really good games,
0: yeah. I agree. I don't mind them, like, the uh, the football playoff show, I does not well, think you it's needed, West, but they so.
1: <laughs> it that it is easier. true that that <laughs> that is
0: true but i, was say, like, I don't think it's
1: two o'clock in the morning so
0: <laughs> that is true but the, the show is not needed like the, the playoff rankings isn't needed but they were talking about that in the second half of the game and that was just weird to me like they, they needed to have time between the two games for the teams to warm up so whatever they do between the two games i didn't care too much about but talking about the football playoffs during the game wasn't ideal but it is what it is
1: yeah we survived uh Well, let's dive into game one, which was Michigan State, Kentucky, um, which Michigan State ended up winning after feeling like they had no right to win the game for about 90% of it. Um, You know, they get in late with a couple of uh, gaffes on Kentucky's end defensively. Um, The last couple of plays of the game, we got a a Maddie Sissoko Euro step that did not go down. If that had gone down, I would have (laughs) woken up my entire household because that was, that was wild. They even pulled that out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, initial thoughts from this game just in general.
0: I think, first of all, Michigan State, they played Gonzaga pretty well, and then they just beat Kentucky. So it will be interesting to see how they play the rest of the year. I was looking at their non-conference schedule, and they have they have, they have a, a lot of tough games. Schedule, yeah. So, I mean, good for them, though. So I'm interested to see how they look going forward. Not the most exciting team from a prospect perspective, but they've been playing teams tough, so that will be fun. And then Kentucky, I mean, Casey Walls had an incredible defensive game. Unfortunately, did miss some clutch free throws. I think both at the end of regulation and in overtime. I think he missed a one half of the at the trip to the line. So that was a bit unfortunate, but he was just making defensive play after defensive play, showing the instincts, whether it was Jumping a pass in the backcourt, diving for loose balls. There was this one play where he broke up a lob, which was incredible to me. So he was a lot of fun to watch that game.
1: Yeah, I think you. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. His defense was you know, was phenomenal, and it wasn't just the perimeter stuff. Like obviously, he was fantastic on the perimeter. He has some of the best hands I've ever seen. It's really good attacking the passing lanes. Um, he has incredible functional strength. Like he can guard kind of anyone. Um, credibly, like they put him on Malik Hall at stretches in the game because Malik was playing so well as a scorer off the ball. Um, which it was funny because, like, Dick Vitale the entire game is like, Oh, you know, they got to get Malik Hall touch, they got to get Malik Hall touch, and he was not wrong, but also, like, they were doing a really good job of after the first half starting to stop him a little bit until the ill fated end of the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that also just punctuates for me. I, when is the last time that Michigan State has had a ball hand? all well, Cassius Winston. Other than Cassius Winston, who's the last guard that's been able to actually drive the lane or space with a pull-up? Because it's just like their guards can get nothing going right now. It's very yeah. difficult. I mean, there,
0: are, there, are, there are times where Hogger gets to the basket, but it's not in everything. He's not shooting. like, like Cassius is just the perfect college point yeah. guard. It's, it's tough to compare anyone to him. He was no, for sure awesome to watch every year uh i I miss watching him play michigan state but
1: yeah yeah he's he was a fun player um but yeah they're in terms of just setting everything up like i do want to mention some of the michigan state guys like i thought Jay akins popped a little bit um not in terms of all around game but like he had some really nice moments somebody i want to track as the year goes on um i actually like maddie sissoko was damn good in this game um, like the co- like they don't win this game without him. Which again, cliche coaching term, but like I thought he was their best player pretty easily. I know Malik, I think ended what with like twenty five and five or something like that. But Maddie was like the defense was incredible from him in some coverage versatility. Like they were playing him, um, it felt like neither team could could really get consistent drives into the lane. Uh, and I mean, a large part of that was how good Maddie was. Like he he played some drop, but he also was really good playing closer to the level. Um, his rim protection was really good. I liked his hand play. Overall, I just thought he had a fantastic game. And the, he was a really good lob for it too. I think he had, what, two or three lobs? Um, yeah, so. he had a
0: couple of lobs as well. And just to go back to that Gonzaga game, he he did he, his physicality was helpful at times against Timmy. So he, he's had a good, solid stretch of games. Before moving on more, I wanted to go back to Case and Wallace, though, for a little bit, just to talk about the offensive side of the ball with him. Because I think a lot of people know the defense is good with him there are some fair concerns and questions about the offensive side of the game with him I think so far the shot has looked pretty solid this year I think he is six for 12 on the season so not the highest volume but 50 percent we'll see where that goes towards the end of the year but looking more into the shot he's five for seven from the corners one for five from above the break once again small sample size but he definitely looks more comfortable even when he's catching in the corners he's quicker into a shot he's not hesitating there. Hit a couple, not not in this game, but he's hit a couple of corner shots off of movement, like on a baseline out of bounds, and down to the ball, came right off and and shot it. So want to see where the shot goes just in total, but corners versus above the break as well. His touch has looked really good. I think he likes getting to his floater a good amount. Where where do you stand on his offense so far? Because there definitely are some concerns, but if the shot's falling with the defense, it's intriguing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you in tot- in to- totality, geez. My mind is like all over the place. <laughs> um, I think my bigger thing was more like, like I agree, like I think uh, even like going off that and adding other stuff, like I really liked some of the, uh, the interior passes he had and just passes off drives that he had. Like I think that he has a pretty good feel for how to make some of those reads and just where teammates are going to be at on the court. My bigger thing is just more his handle. Um, I think he really was only able to get into the paint off of any kind of side-to-side action. Um, like, he really was struggling to get things uh, off of downhill drives, even with the screen, I felt. Um, and I think you could really see him struggling a little bit at the nail. And that's stuff that could improve throughout the year. But And it's worth knowing, like, Michigan State is going to end up a top 25 defensive team this year, most likely. Um, so, in other words, though it was a really good test for showing where he's at as a prospect right now. So, I think, to me... uh. It's more just like, he's a pretty straight two guard to me right now. I wouldn't really call him a combo. Um, And that's not a bad thing considering like everything that he does defensively and he has a really good size too.
0: Yeah. And like you said, not creating the best looks for himself. There was one, I think he was on the perimeter. Was able to get his man off of him by bumping him and getting a little mid-range shot in, but doesn't really create too much space or get into the rim that easily. Like you said, there was some nice interior passing. Had a couple, had had a nice kick out as well. So it still was a solid game on the offensive end, especially when the shot is falling. But I'm with you there, um, with the, with doing him as a two for now. Maybe the passing does look better as the year goes on, and we see from there. But if the shot's going to fall with the defense, you still have a good prospect. But I, I would like to see more from him on the offensive end. Still, That's promising start game. though. Promising yeah, no, start. No, I though.
1: agree. Um, like he's he's really impressed me. Um, like I honestly think, uh, granted, I've only been doing this for like what, like probably two and a half, three years now. But, um, I like Kaysen's defensive performance was one of the best prospect defensive games I've, I've watched since then. Like he was really, really impressive. So I'm I'm excited to see more from him on that end and just in general. Um, I always have to take the obligatory uh, Oscar Shiway is an NBA draft prospect. He looked awesome in this this game. Like, obviously, he had. Uh, I think you can quibble about whether or not it was his fault that Malik Hall slipped to the basket. That's, I think that. I mean, without knowing their playbook inside now, I think uh, TBD. But regardless, like for him to come off a of knee surgery and play like that in his first game back was pretty damn impressive. Um, we'll never not believe in that guy as a player. He's so fun. Um, do I have anything else off of that? Uh, Jacob Toppin
0: had a good start to the game. Jacob Toppin, uh, still not a 100% sure where I stand on him as a prospect. There's always some very nice flashes. There's been a lot of talk with high expectations coming from him with Kentucky this year, but still not a 100% sure. But yeah, the start of the game had a nice turnaround, Jay. I think he had a, a little ball handling possession as well where he rejected the pick and roll, got into a floater. So a nice start to the game from him. We'll see how he looks throughout the rest of the year. But yeah, this wasn't the most definitely wasn't the same kind of prospect heavy game as next game
1: yeah um I do want to mention too like I'm really hoping uh that like on one hand I think this was just a really weird team fit for Chris Livingston um but Mm -hmm. somebody that I would like to I mean I'm hoping to see you know improve as as the season goes on he really struggled to stay on the floor in this game um with Toppin I think it's so weird with Toppin because he has like he has a really good feel for the game um like, I, I think he's he's really good moving without the ball. He knows where to be. I think it's a lot it's just going to depend so much on the shot and all the stuff that he's trying in between. Because it feels like, I mean, not even just feeling like it's clear, like he's trying a lot of things. but he has,
0: he has a good amount of freedom, it seems.
1: Yeah, which I'm encouraged by. But also it just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like we don't really get to see a great view of what I would like to see his role be, which makes it on one hand, like maybe that does good things for him in terms of his draft stock on the other hand, maybe it doesn't. So I'm, I am interested to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. And this is another couple of shout outs. I like Antonio Reeves coming into this year. Someone to keep an eye on throughout the year, not a guaranteed kind of draft prospect kind of guy, but just someone to keep an eye on pretty solid player. I think he was a good addition for Kentucky regardless of looking at it from a draft perspective or not.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He's a hell of a shooter and I'm hoping that they lean into more of him as a ball handler too. And um, maybe trying to do some more 2 man game, running DHO, stuff like that that they have not really done yet. Um, so I know my friend of ours, Jay Kyle Mann, is uh definitely beating his fist on the table every time Kentucky's offense takes the floor. So um, shouts to him. Uh yeah, are you ready to move to our second game?
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a long game to talk about. So let's 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 yeah. go there.
1: All right. Kansas Duke was uh, this game was fun, man. I really, really love this Duke team and this Kentucky team, not Kentucky and this Kansas team. Both are, both for different reasons. Like Duke mainly just because we haven't gotten to see what they totally look like yet. It's a funky roster build. Um, but I like a lot of the players on the team. So I'm interested. I feel like there's a lot of ways that this can go. And then Kansas, I mean, I told you this, like, I, I'm not going to come out and say that I think that they're the best team in the country, but I think that for me, it's pretty close. Um, there just aren't a lot of teams that are going to be able to handle their ability to to be as mobile across all five positions with the size that they have while also being a pretty good playmaking team. I think um, obviously hitting shots is going to be huge, but I'm not as worried about their outside shooting as I am for other top contenders. But regardless, like this was just a very fun game in terms of stylistic clash. Um, who do you want to start with in this one?
0: Should be Jalen Wilson, I think, right?
1: Yeah. This
0: so you can go first. You go first.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I didn't like I was so torn on this game from Jalen because on one hand, like I I, we talked about this a little bit on on the first pod we did um, after we talked. Well, last pod, I should say, after we talked about the Omaha game, I was like his control of the floor and just overall control of the offense has like hit the stage where it's legit at this point. Like I, I personally, especially watching that Duke game, I'm at the point of saying like this is like this is pretty real. Like his feel is there. Like his overall just ability to dominate a game, or not even just dominate, dominated games. Wrong way to put it, but like ability to really put his stamp on the game with the ball in his hands is something that we saw flashes of the last couple of years, and now I think we're seeing in full effect. Like he's really been empowered to rip and run in transition. That looks awesome. I think he's a really good kick ahead passer. He can generate paint touches and and spray. Um, what I thought was most impressive from him in this game, I thought he had, and again, part of it is like Kansas is running like a ton of motion, like just really trying to keep up the tempo in the half court, which I love. I think it's really good for the kind of roster that they have. Um, But they were doing a really good job of just getting Jalen Wilson driving lanes. And I thought the, some of the passes he was making out of this really astounded me. It was like, the first two games that we watched i was like okay like he's he's making like the right plays and then in this game he had like four or five passes like whoa okay like he had a drive to the rim and like wrapped it to the slot and i was like oh shit okay like that's really good like when you see somebody who's six eight six nine probably six eight six seven or six eight who is incredibly driving the lane using ball screens like he was he snaked some ball screens he was doing a lot out of ball screens and like making shit happen out of it um, and making passes like that, like that. I mean, that if that's not catching your eye, then do something else. Uh, and like, I was, so that was really encouraging. On the other hand, he really had issues struggling at the rim. I know he finished around, I think he shot eight of 16 from the floor, but it felt like every shot he had at the rim was ended up being like a Drummond layup where he missed and had to put it back. Um, I know it's not every single one, but I do think, like especially as the game wore on, you could see some of the, okay, well, he's got to be able to like he being a below the rim finisher is going to be a problem. It's gonna continue to be a work in progress. I'm um, I think with the jumper too, I wanna be fair because nobody fucking hit a jump shot in this game. I think what were the teams combined? Like six of forty from three? Um, yes, six
0: or forty.
1: Oh, I got the number on the head? Yeah incredible. Um that was, I, I swear to God, I was just guessing I don't have the box score in front of me. Um, but like, I think to me, this game display, displayed to me how intrigued I am by Jalen, but also like, I really need the shot, the shot to be there because like, he's a guy that I think is really going to have to be a higher usage player to work in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Don't so talk. to add on, I was, yeah. So I was probably more optimistic about the finishing in this game. He was actually 9 for 15 in the restricted area of this game. There were some tip-ins. There was that one play, though, I'm trying to remember, he was on the right wing, drove through, finished through Ryan Young, through contact. That was very nice. Had that one reverse layup as well on the baseline. I do think like that one floater from like the elbow, a little bit inside the elbow where he airballed, that was really rough. But... I think the the, the touch was was still hit or miss. I actually think it was better than previous games, though. Some of them are just from a standstill, not having that fast momentum like he did with the Ryan Young finish. But yeah, I was actually okay with the finishing this game, especially because we just talked about this earlier this week. So I was actually okay with that part. Well, to add on to what you said with the aggressiveness and how he looks handling the offense, not that I'm... Comfortable projecting this to the next level, but I do agree with you in terms of this season. It does look like he has control of the offense. He just looks so aggressive and so confident out there. And it was nice to see him have a huge impact on this game without the shot falling because the first couple of games, the shot was falling. And it was something that we were questioning: can the shot stay consistent? But him having this big of an impact on this game, I think, without the shot, was also good to see. And if he's able to put everything together, that's that's really intriguing. But to go back to your points about the passing, that one pass where he was driving right out of the pick and roll, drew the help and kicked it to the opposite corner was one of the best passes I've seen from him this year. So the the, the passing was great. The kick aheads are great. Weird thing I was looking up. In terms of his last season he only had one dunk all of last season which is really odd to me uh oh for one on dunks this year so we'll see we'll see if he can top one dunk this year but yeah really really good game from him i thought and i guess i'm a little bit higher on the the finishing i guess one more thing i'll add is the he had a couple of nice defensive possessions on felipowski as well i thought so yeah that's all i wanted to add there
1: yeah i continue to be in the vein of thinking of him defensively um like, I mean, would you overall say he had a good game defensively? I thought he was fine. I didn't think that he was egregious defensively. Like, kind of the fine. Game that I've been at, like, I thought he was, like, CC+. C um, and I think that's generally going to be where he's at. Like, I think he's in the right places more often than not. It's just going to be, you know, he's he's not super long. Um, he, he's I mean, as we've talked about, he's pretty ground-bound. So, I do think that's always going to be something interesting to track. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I thought he he did a good job holding his ground against Filipowski. Like I said, on one or two possessions, cut off a a Mark Mitchell drive here and there. So yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't think it was anything that stood out crazy, but it wasn't anything on the egregiously bad end either.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. We're in the same vein there. Um, you want to talk about Grady Dick now?
0: Yeah. Go ahead. You can start there.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, I think the i mean he had one of the weirdest games man like (laughs) i think that's the best way to put it um he went from like we barely even saw him for parts of the game and then he comes in and scores seven points in like the last two minutes of the game uh and was the reason that they won (laughs) so it was like it was kind of wild um on one hand i think well even just to mention what the i mean it was kind of cool because those seven points were like that those are that's like the picturesque this is what I want Grady to be doing in offense he's such a fluid off-ball mover um like I think a lot of people will point out like oh well you can't get back like that like that was a clear play that was designed for him I don't care like he part of the reason that he gets there is because of how well he moves without the ball like he's just really fluid he changes and he
0: finds ways to do it and he finds way to do it every game it's not like a one-off thing he finds ways to get open whether it's Relocating on the perimeter, cutting baseline, backdooring. He he consistently does that kind of stuff. So he puts pressure on the defense to be perfect because of his movement.
1: Exactly. That's a great way to put it. And um, how do you I, I do want to ask you, how do you feel about the three? Uh, because like I think obviously the touch is really good. I mean, he's shooting 43% from three right now in the season, granted small sample size. Um, do you like I feel like it gets off quick once he fires it off and it's it's pretty tight and compact like it does kind of take him a second to load up and and get his feet right but i mean how do you feel about it
0: yeah i don't have any strong takes on the shot yet i'd say Mm -hmm. don't think it's bad don't think there's anything great nothing too strong so i don't think i have too much to add there now something to, to keep forward on but i wanted to bring up his finishing from this game honestly because he did have those that nice finish on the back door at the end of the game and that baseline cut at the end for that lob. But early in the game before he disappeared for a little as he had that crazy and one finish in transition where he pretty much went out of his way to seek contact to draw the foul and still finished it. And he also had another up at that up and under finish as well in the first half. So I think he was able to show. Yeah. So along with the off ball movement, the finishing looked really good in this game as well.
1: Yeah, no I agree. And it's again, it just continues to be talking about like the funky but effective um in the way that he just like he uses the rim so well to protect himself without even having needing to sometimes, which is kind of fun to watch, but um yeah, it uh, the finishing is really remarkable. And especially too like he's such a weapon in transition. Um like he's really good for feeling out where help is coming from and how somebody's trying to contest him. Um and that just continues to stand out. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the defense though.
0: Yeah. Especially because we had talked about, we talked it up a lot on the last episode with how active he was. And this game was definitely not up to that standard. So we should talk on the defense as well today. So um, I guess I'll start on this one. Yep. Definitely. Like I said, definitely not the same as it was when we talked about it with the Omaha game still did have some activity, like some active hands on defense and still made a few things happen. Once again, the end of the game, there was a play where he had that helped, but just wasn't the great greatest defensive game. I think he gets he dies in a lot of screens. And you might not see it that much this year if they're going to switch a lot, but you can just see even on the off-ball screens, he dies and it makes it harder for the defense to recover. So that's one thing that I would really like to see him improve this year. I think he was caught ball washing a little bit as well this game. And on the positive side, like I said, uh, he actually drew a couple of charges as well. I wanted to add that, but yeah, getting dying on screens, ball watching a little bit, not ideal. Whoa. Do you have anything to add there?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I think a lot of it is just like, he's, he's over aggressive on defense without question. Um, like almost to a fault, especially in this game, I felt like he was really gambling for some steals and it burned Kansas a ton, which is why he got pulled off the court, um, and I, I think my biggest takeaway from this game, uh, just regarding his defense, I don't think that he was as aggressively bad on ball as as it got made out to be on the broadcast and, and just in general. Like, I don't think he was great on ball, but also a lot of the shots that were hit over him were like, it's okay, it's a pull-up. Um, I And like with you, like, I'm more worried, okay, like I think that the screen navigation needs to be better. Um, but I also – I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about the screen navigation playing out eventually? Because I think that he's good enough changing directions that he's going to be able to do it eventually. Um, yeah, I think he
0: needs to work on the technique. Yeah, uh, He doesn't have good technique there, so he's not really even not even getting close to getting over screens. He's just dying on them right away. So he's just not even showing many flashes there. But I don't think it's something that he won't be able to do. I just need to see him improve there.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of funny, like, obviously not the same archetype at all, but, like, he kind of has, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. stance where he, like, leans over a lot without being bent over, if that makes sense. I feel like that, I mean, that's just not conducive to getting over screens for the most part. So I think that plays a part for sure. Um, But, yeah, he, again, he had a very funky game, but he continues to just do really impressive things that I think are going to end up landing him in, in a pretty high draft position. Um, and back
0: to to add on your gambling point, we brought this up on the last episode as well, where when he was getting all those deflections, you'll live with him getting backdoored once or twice if he's having a huge impact. But when those deflections or steals aren't coming along and then he's jeopardizing the rest of your defense, it's tough. So you'll take it sometimes, you won't take it sometimes, and and knowing or, or being consistent and, and knowing when to tone back the gambling is going to be important for him because it, it is good if you can make plays happen. But if, if you're putting your defense, putting the defense at a disadvantage, you you can't be doing that consistently. So obviously early on in freshman season, a lot of time to to figure that out. I'd rather him be looking to make stuff happen than not right now. But I also want to see improvement with that throughout the rest of the year. And I don't want us to get to the tournament and he's having these same kind of defensive mistakes over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's a good point. And like, I think that just kind of adds to everything in general. Like it's important to know that we're three or four games in and we need to like, not that I think we're doing anything egregious, but it's more just, like, looking from the sky lens. Like, just want to be cautious with, cautious with it. There's still, like, so much of the season to play out, and we don't want to take – obviously, it's a big data point. We don't want to, like, put too much on one game. So, I concur. Um, did you want to talk about Kevin McCullough at all? Because I thought he had a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, you, you, can, you can start there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he hit a couple of threes, which was huge, I think – He's only shooting 33% on the year, but I think part of that is like, he's only taking two attempts. He's still, it feels like he is the one guy who's still like really trying to figure out their role in the offense still. Um, Just granted. I mean, his, his like even looking at usage and shot attempts, it's not that different from Texas, but you can tell just in watching, it's a very different role. Like he was Texas tech's point guard last year for large stretches. So it is different. Um, But I thought he had really good moments to touch inside the arc. Like he had a couple of pull-ups, uh, um, I think he had a floater or two. Um, he had that
0: so- one off the glass where I think he got, might've gotten foul where like he was holding his back after as well. It was, it was a little weird, funky one, but I, but I agree. Um, one thing to add with, with the passing that you brought up is I think he also has uh had some too many turnovers since the season so far. I think he's trying to force stuff that's not necessarily there. Yeah. So I think while the passing has looked, I don't want to say really good because the turnovers are bad i want to say the passing has looked impressive i guess i'd say there has been a few too many turnovers i want um
1: but but yeah well it's hard too because it feels like when things die down in the half court for them like if if the initial okay we're gonna try and get jalen going off off the catch and, and getting downhill if that gets stifled, it feels like it defaults to okay, Kevin handled the ball because Dewan Harris is getting an automatic under and it's hard for them to get anything going. So I agree, but I feel like it's gonna be interesting, like seeing how Kevin uh kind of fuels out the taking more shots while also trying to be their most important half court passer. Um, or I should say late shot clock passer. Um just like their their offensive hierarchy is really funky and again really interested to see how it plays out but the defense i thought was like and we hit on this before but i think it just worth noting again like heaven's defense was awesome in this game i thought he was like obviously not this well i don't know i don't not not trying to compare but like i i mean he had some some moments of like side room protection he did really good stuff as the low man he was awesome. His hand-eye
0: coordination to, to was... cut you off quickly. The hand-eye coordination. I think he had two or three strips on drives. I think there was that Jeremy Roche drive where he stripped the ball from him, and then they have Philip Filipowski downhill in transition gets that strip. So his hand-eye coordination there was was really good, just creating a few turnovers that way as well.
1: Yeah, it's funny too, because like even if somebody gets their shoulder into him and gets him like going back cutting towards the rim, he's so good on those rip downs. I think that's the one that you were mentioning. I think he had one on that was the one on Jeremy Roach, if I remember correctly, when he had like the strip down. Um, but yeah, just overall, his defensive positioning and help principles and on ball ability is, is so good. I really enjoy watching him play defense. Um,
0: yeah, I agree. To add, I will say though, Jeremy Roach was able to bump him off of him multiple times on drives, which also isn't ideal considering the size advantage that kevin mcculler has on jeremy roach and jeremy roach is really aggressive and physical and strong with his drives but being able to to get him off of him multiple times and get layups at the rim was not ideal but still overall very impressive defensive performance from McCullough. how he looks in that kansas offense will be something to keep an eye on like you said because the shot will be inconsistent, unfortunately. If the shot does come around consistently, you have a really intriguing player. But with what we've seen, there's no reason to have too much faith in this shot. So there will be interesting shooting games when the shot's falling and, and bad ones where it's not. So that will be something to keep an eye on. But like you said, uh, their whole offense is is tough to predict, honestly.
1: Yes, very much. Um, all right, well, let's transition over to Duke. Um, do you want to start with Kyle Filipowski?
0: Yeah, so I went into the game, honestly, not a huge Filipowski fan, not going to have one game change that either. But this was a game where you could see the vision with him. And and he was really impressive. Some of the flashes that he has is really impressive. And if you can do that more consistently, I mean that's what you want to see from him, you're able to see some grab and goes, hitting threes, driving. He had that one off movement mid-range shot like the baseline out of bounds where he just shot it off the off the glass so all of that really nice to see from him very productive game with some very impressive flashes at the size i'd like to see it more consistently because up until this game i was a little bit underwhelmed with his play before but this is what you want to see going forward
1: yeah i think my bigger thing was more because I, I mean i agree with everything you're saying like obviously he needs to shoot it and i think he will just based on track record from where he's been at um the blend of finesse and power that he has is really impressive to me because obviously that first half they're really just trying to space him out um make him more of a factor as a shooter and then the second half you're like okay fuck it we have to we have to generate offense crash the glass go crazy and his ability to just attack from the mid post off the catcher um you know off the roll which i felt like he didn't really roll that much but even just, again, like just attacking the glass and being in the paint. He was really good as a physical presence, um, which it's just nice to see him like having those many aspects of his game. Um, but more so, I felt defensively, because I didn't really watch Kyle at all in in, in high school. So I, I like knew about him coming in this year, but I wanted to see how he played. Um, and defensively, I, not that I think he's going to be a world beat or anything, but I was relatively um, – impressed with what his mobility is i like coming into this game just given what his archetype is and the kind of player that i would heard about like i was like okay well is he gonna really have issues out on the perimeter and how is that gonna look for him i thought he played pretty well in space like he's really good at being big and in the right places and i think he actually has pretty good change of direction at his size like he was good at stunting and recovering um you know when he was playing on the weak side or if he had to zone up um i I feel like we didn't really see anything in terms of rim protection from him. Uh
0: yeah, he was on the perimeter a couple times and I thought he actually got blo- he got blown by a little bit, but this was a good matchup for that. And I think it's probably one that I will want to come back to and watch and not watch every player and probably just watch him specifically cuz while Candace might be a tough matchup for him um for the perimeter stuff, it's also a good one for the NBA projection um evaluating. So definitely think I'll be coming back to this game at some point to watching it again and probably just focusing on him and maybe even just the defensive side. But yeah. I don't disagree with much that you're saying. I maybe I'm a little bit lower on the defense based off Wait. of this game than you are.
1: Not, to but... tell you it's not even like that. I think that he's going to be some great defender, but I was like, I came in, I was like, okay, is he going to be a liability on defense? And I did not feel like he was a liability on defense, which to me, I think that was, that was really important for me coming in.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: Um, Okay, do you want to talk about Tyrese Proctor?
0: Yeah, okay, we can talk about him for a little. Obviously had that really good stretch to start the second half. Uh, shots were falling, but I think along with that, he had several very nice passes as well. I will say with those passes, most of them were just from like the right wing to the left corner, most of the same read most of the time. So not like it was showing a variety of different passes and reads. But still, he had gotten off to an underwhelming start to the year, have struggled with the shot falling and just overall effectiveness. So even though it was a small stretch, seeing a nice five to 10-minute stint from him on the positive side was, was nice to see.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, he's a guy, like, I feel like especially for me, guards take longer for me to get a, a, a good read on, just given how much more uh, it feels like you, I need to go back and rewatch on offense from him. Um, that being said, it felt like he really struggled to get into the paint until, like you mentioned, like obviously he hit the pull-ups in the second half, but I think in terms of generating consistent good looks for the offense, I think that that was a struggle. And to be fair, like he's playing arguably the best point guard defender in college basketball, Juan Harris, for, for most of the game. Um, so I think he really struggled with that. Um, and I'm interested to see how he just continues to grow in his handle. Uh, obviously the shot getting better too like again it's one game so i don't want to take too much away from it um but yeah there's there's there there was good stuff but i think that you also saw some of the the things that we're going to be tracking all year pop-up um did you have anything else you want to add on him because if not i'm ready to move to the next guy
0: yeah you want to go to lively
1: it was weird because i felt like we just I don't feel like we really got a read on Derek Lively in this game, which in some ways, and I don't mean this harshly, but that kind of speaks to his game a little bit. That It, it just didn't really feel like he had a massive impact. Um, yeah, I
0: think the defense was a little bit rough at times. I think he had uh, one or two nice contests, but I think there was a couple possessions where I think he was in drop and there was just like lobs getting over him and don't think his drop defense was good in this game. But yeah, besides those couple of plays, he had a nice offensive rebound tip out as well. But besides those few plays, he just didn't really do he much. And that does, does, does speak to that the game. Too. Oh, yes, the potential assist. Um yeah, but, didn't not, didn't so make a was, shot. That was but, nice
1: because it, it wasn't to the yes. corner. Like he without even like having to really think it, he just put it to the slot after the help had moved. And I was like, Oh, okay, that was really nice. But again, like we just didn't see that that much. It made me feel like I want to see more of this. Um, which just speaks more to Duke's overall weird roster build. But um, it just didn't feel – I mean, like, there was no way for the guards to really get him involved, it felt like, at times in this game. Um, so, again, its I, I agree with the defense as well. It just, like, I, I need to see more play out for sure.
0: Yeah, so want to end with Mark Mitchell.
1: I don't really have a ton of thoughts on Mark Mitchell. I thought he was – fine in this game he had that really sick dunk coming out of a pick and roll which I was not expecting Mark Mitchell pick and roll Mm -hmm. um what I just I guess my bigger thing is like how do you feel about him archetype wise because like I watch him move and I'm like that guy's a four um but I mean he's having to play out of position at the three for the most part I don't again like I don't I don't really have like an awesome read on what I feel about his overall feel for the game and and whatnot but i mean where are you at with him
0: so in regards to this game specifically i think i mean i think for the whole year it might be a problem just because of how they're playing with their roster but kansas did a much better job than their previous games posing out on him just soft posing out not hard posing out so it was tough for him because in previous games he was able to use i like his first step a good amount um And he was able to use that to beat his man. But when Kansas is not closing out fully, it makes it a lot tougher for him to to attack off the catch. So they were able to cut off his drives. He did have a nice floater, but it wasn't an easy look. They just did a really good job making it tough for him to create good looks and create space. So it was nice to see Kansas defend him this way because he's going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. Because when you're playing good teams, and I think we saw this, not there, not that he's the same player as a Coro at all, but a few years ago with the Coro in non-conference play, a lot of teams were closing out on him fully, and he was able to attack closeouts. Then we got to conference play in the SEC, and teams started to ignore him on, on offense for the most part because he couldn't shoot well, and then he wasn't able to leverage the rest of his game because he wasn't able to attack closeouts. So seeing Kansas actually defend him this way I think was really good for our eyes to see yeah but I want to see how he is going to adjust to that and take advantage of that going forward if he can't take advantage of that
1: yeah and I would add too like I just want to see him get up more shots on volume because if you're going to get more out of the actual for the first step and drive like you need to see more of that um he again he's somebody I don't want to speak too much on because I, I that was the first two game I watched so and I felt like my eyes were more caught by the other guys um Mm -hmm. but somebody that I want to keep watching just to get a better feel on. Um, Did you have anything else you want to add on this game?
0: No, let's move on to Texas Gonzaga.
1: This game. Well, if you're a Gonzaga fan, not fun. This game was fun though. I loved it, dude. Like, let me just go out and say, and I'm sure somebody will hate hearing this. Texas plays my style of basketball. This was sick. I loved it. Their defense was awesome. Like, I think part of it speaks larger to what Gonzaga's guard room is right now. Um, but they just hounded Gonzaga from about the shoot, like probably what, like eight minutes left in the first half point till the game ended. Um, and I think we have to start talking yeah. about Tyrese Hunter. Um, yeah. First Tyrese... of all, though, the atmosphere looked amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. the atmosphere yeah. in At Texas
0: looked a lot of fun. But yeah, Tyrese Hunter, definitely start off with him. Great game. He looks so much more under control and patient with the ball in his hands this year. I feel like, and the shot wasn't falling the first couple of games this season, but it fell this game. We oh, have seen those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have seen this from him before. So I am still not a hundred percent sure where I will lie on the shot, but it was good to see what he can do. And he was able to punish defenses going under a screen. This game, they would go over the screen and he hit a pull up long two. He attacked closeouts and hit mid range shots. He was scoring in a variety of ways this game. If I were to have a complaint on the offensive end with him this game would be he actually didn't get to the rim like I'd want to in the half court. I
1: think he killed his dribble earlier than he needed to a lot. Yeah.
0: And and that's something that he has been able to do before. He has been able to like if you can combine the shoot consistent shooting with rim pressure, you have a really intriguing prospect. Obviously, don't think he's a great passer either. So I'd want to see passing improvements throughout the whole year as well. But just seeing how he was able to, to score with against different kinds of defenses in the pick and roll, against closeouts, with the shot falling was was really, really nice.
1: Yeah. And to me, like I'm more interested in him now, seeing the way that he's attacking things than I was last year. Like I liked him last year. He did a ton of stuff in terms of attacking the rim last year that was enticing. Um I think to me, I would say, because I agree with you, I don't want to see him get better as a passer. I think that the assist per game right now kind of belittle how capable of a passer he is. Not that he's a great passer, but I think it was like a decent feel for making the passes. I wish that the decisions were a little bit quicker. I think is where I'm at on him as a passer right now. And I think that goes for his scoring too, because right now, and again, to be fair, like it feels like he's really trying to blossom as a pick and roll creator. And that includes him becoming a much more capable shooter. And I think seeing that was really encouraging but that makes me want to see, okay, like I really want to see how this continues to develop throughout the year. How much better do you get at making these pick and roll reads? Cause it's like the same stuff we saw with Jaden Ivy last year. Like Ivy really, when he got limited pick and roll reps early on in the year, was not great at making those reads and decisions. Um obviously different players, different gravity, but I think the same idea of like, I want to see how this continues to develop, because it can develop quite a bit just during one college season. Um I actually, and again, I think when our our friend PD Webb just wrote a really great article about the difficulty of scouting teams that run a no middle defense. Um, but like, I thought Tyrese played pretty well defensively in this game. Um, and again, that we'll talk more about the uh, the Gonzaga guards, but I felt like in terms of executing scheme and just overall aggressiveness without being too aggressive, like he's small, but he's really strong for his size. Like, obviously he's... He's not Eric Bledsoe, but, like, and especially not not in terms of, like, actual defensive instincts and everything, but, like, he has, like, that same kind of body type where you're, like, yes, he's 5'11", foot if he's lucky, but he's really, really strong at his size.
0: Yeah, to add on to the defense thing, I agree with mostly what you're saying there. I will say that I was – haven't been as impressed on the defensive end this year as I was last year, obviously yeah. still very small sample size right now. Um, and obviously different scheme, different, different team, but he, even if he doesn't get back to the defense that he had last year, I think it would good to see last year. Not that he was bad yesterday or two days ago or in general, but I don't think it's been up to par of last year.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. Um, but yeah, I think to me, I would you consider him the most interesting long-term prospect in this game? I think I would.
0: Yes, that's fair. I don't want to rule out Julian Strother yet. Oh true. Even though it wasn't yeah. a great wasn't a great game from him. So I, I don't know if I, I don't know who I would say between those two, to be honest, of who's the better prospect. Up until now, I have preferred Strother. So I won't just say one game, so to make me say Tyrese Hunter. But if Tyrese Hunter can't put everything together, he's quite intriguing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm at the point of like if if Hunter is shooting, obviously I don't expect him to shoot five of eight every game from three. That's unsustainable, obviously. But like if he's again, it's a lot. Going to a lot's going to depend on how he continues to to handle some of the new things he's testing. Um, but I don't know. Like to me, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. Are you taking the first three games of the season? All right, compared to what Kennedy Chandler did early in in non-conference last year, how would you compare them as prospects? I know that's difficult, but like when you're talking about two guys who are a little bit smaller guards, it's very different. So maybe this is unfair, and we can scrap this. But I, yeah, I, I mean, am,
0: yeah, okay. I I do think it's very different, but. I will say I preferred Kennedy Chandler if we're going based off the first few games. Yeah, because I do think he was shooting lights out those first That's few true. games of the season, and then he had that ten-game slump after the first four games. So, if we're specifying those first three games, I probably would go Kennedy Chandler. But I mean, yeah. it's such small sample size for different players, so so it is tough.
1: Yeah, now that I think about it, that was a really dumb question, but uh i'm gonna stick with it yeah i think it's just it's it's interesting like i i tend to not be as low on smaller guys as i think consensus seems to be which maybe that's a that's a my own fatal flaw but i just like i don't know especially too because tyrese is such a good vertical athlete and like i really believe in him as a rim finisher like obviously like you mentioned i want to see him put more pressure on the rim like he did last year um but yeah we'll we'll see Oh. It
0: brings up an interesting, like small guards, it honestly could be a episode for itself from a philosophy standpoint yeah. in the future. It's something that I have adjusted of how I viewed them over the years and something that I, I've, I've loved a lot of small guards, more of the scoring guards, Yeah, but it's, it's, it's something to, that everyone's going to view differently. I don't think it's like, there are people who are just like, okay, I'm out on small guards. I don't think that's fair at all. Yeah. There definitely are plenty of valuable, small, small guards, even if it is a, a tough role to fit, but you have to be able to score if you're small. Like it, it's really tough to just rely on passing at that size, especially when you're most likely not going to be a good defender. I think Terry center is a good defender, but just in general, so there's just a lot of things to talk about. It would be interesting for like his own episode, honestly.
1: Yeah, no, we should definitely dive into that. Um, well, yeah, do you, well, let's let's keep it Texas before we go to it. Do you have any thoughts on Dylan Mitchell?
0: Not too much from this game, honestly. I think he had a couple nice rotations and you saw his athleticism at the end of the game. A couple nice plays. But for the most part, I do think he was sort of just out there when he was out there. But there were a couple of flashes, but nothing too, too intriguing.
1: Did you have anything on him or not much? Yeah, no, I'm in the same. I think all, I think three of his four baskets came in the last like six minutes of the game all on runouts. Um, he they had were fun the, to watch, but <laughs> it, they were very fun to watch. He had the one, uh, I felt bad for him. It was actually a really nice opening set in the second half um, off like the short, um like the short screen roll inside, like I think it was like at like 15 or 16 feet, and he missed the dunk, front rimmed it. Um, yeah, which of course he dunked three times later in the game, but uh, yeah, I think my thing is just especially like I feel better about the Texas offense this year than I did last year, which granted low bar because the Texas offense was something last year. Um, but I just what is offensive upside is is really going to be hard to see and i feel like we haven't really seen them tap in too much to i'm not like a big dylan mitchell can handle the ball believer um but i do think like they're i was curious to see if we would maybe see like some opportunities for him to rip and run in transition i feel like that hasn't really happened yet um so again like in regards to
0: sorry to cut you off but in regards to the texas offense uh it should be noted though that they did shoot well from distance this game and they had not shot well in their previous games. I think they had five combined threes in their first two games and they yep. made 13 in this game. So we'll see. Marcus Carr had a good game as well. Yeah. So Marcus I, I'm not Carr I'm not, not
1: unconscious early in the game. He hit like early in the game. Yeah, like and he, and he has those moments. He has those moments. He's a fun player.
0: Um, but yeah, so I'm not, I'm not there with you to say that I'm very confident in the, op- not, not, that, not that you said that very confident in the offense, but like, I'm still a little hesitant on the offense, but it a was a very promising game to say, to give a couple other shout outs in this game though. I think Serge Barry Rice was pretty intriguing. He, I, I didn't keep the closest eye on him, but he stood out here and there. And I went back to watch some, some more of him and he's someone that I want to play closer attention to this year, honestly. Yep. good shooter something that I've noticed with him is his pump fake is really effective it's really cool he gets people I was watching a clip from not this game but their previous game and there was a play where he got the ball spotting up pump fake drove got cut off passed it out got the ball back pump fake and got to the rim because just everyone's biting on all of his pump fakes I think yep. that's something that's not the most translatable thing I think we've seen it before I actually was it was a big thing of why I liked Nikhil Alexander Walker a few years ago because his pump fakes and jabs on the catch was really good so it is something to keep an eye on it doesn't always translate but he has some intriguing things to keep an eye out for for the rest of the year has looked to be a really good off-ball mover as well and then Arturio Morris just had a couple nice plays as a freshman
1: that I don't know much
0: about Go ahead. If you want oh, to, you can go. That I don't have too much to say there, but like,
1: I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Like he needs to shoot it. Like he hasn't shot well yet. Like, but really intriguing frame and size as a two guard. I thought he had some really nice defensive plays, including like he had the, the goaltend, right? The goaltend. Thin? I think it ended up a little bit. Yeah. But that was like a really yeah. sick block. It was just like a really yeah. nice rotation to sniff out. And like, it was one of the ones where that kind of is what the, you know, changes you up from being like, a am doing my job defender to I'm going to make things happen defender. And to me, like, that kind of stuff is exciting. So um, I was encouraged by that. Uh, again, yeah, like, I think part of it's tough because I thought, uh, well, I, I, again, a lot, a lot, lot, uh, part of it, 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 he's a true freshman, so I don't want to be harsh. Like, I just want to see, like, him sniff out advantages quicker and, you know, attack off the catch a little bit quicker. Like, think the typical things that you want to see. Because um, he had some issues with, like, bobbling the ball once he, he attacked off the catch. But, um, again, I agree with you. He, he's, he's interesting.
0: Awesome. So I, I'm done here. Do you want to go and talk about UCLA or do you have anything else to talk about for this game?
1: Well, did you want to talk about Gonzaga at all?
0: Oh, you're right. We forgot about Julian Strother. Yeah. yeah sorry about that. Um. Yeah. Julian, Stra- Julian Strother. Honestly, I don't like using the word lazy, but it did seem like a pretty lazy game from him. The rebounding was just, he had a couple of rebounds where he was able to get it because of his size or his positioning, but he had his guy crash the basket multiple times where he just wouldn't put a body on him. He gave up at least three offensive rebounds, maybe even more. Uh, so really underwhelming effort from him this game on that front. I don't think there was anything too extreme that was negative or positive from him. In other areas to be honest he got a lot of his points and garbage time at the end of the game so i don't think that was great although he had like early in the game that one nice off movement three but yeah i was just mostly just underwhelmed with with the rebounding and the effort level there
1: yeah i think i feel the same uh and to be fair like it felt like it was all gonzaga um like they yeah they were they were in it early in the game um it just didn't feel like they came with nearly the same intensity that Texas did, which again, that sounds cliche, but it felt very noticeable. Like they were very bad at gang rebounding. Um, overall, like it just felt like their movement and reaction stuff was not good. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a disappointing Zaga game. Um, I agree with Strather like, especially just in terms of like, obviously like you, you you said, like not lazy, but just like it felt like he wasn't dialed in. Like he had, some kind of uncharacteristic like instead of just quickly attacking he was like uh he was pausing with the ball a lot which i i, I didn't like he ended up getting a travel uh at 1.2 um so that's stuff like especially for his archetype what he's doing it's again that i mean we can transition i'll you don't have to say anything about it right now with with the, the gonzaga guard play is tough um
0: when you lose Nemhart, when you lose Andrew Nemhart, it's
1: yeah, definitely yeah. going to take a, a Exactly. Fall. I mean, you lose one of the best guards in college basketball. It makes it difficult. But that being said, Hunter Salas does not look like he is ready. Um, I think he has some okay plays, but for the most part, like, I mean, you can tell even just by his minutes loaded, it doesn't feel like they have a lot of confidence in him right now. And Nolan Hickman... Um, he had some okay moments in this game. I think he showed some interesting stuff creating his own shot, but for the most part, it's not like I mean, it's not the thing where it's at a high enough level, and it was more like I'm creating my own shot because nothing else is happening in the offense.
0: Um yeah, to add on to that, I wasn't impressed with Salas last year, unfortunately. Yeah with either. with Hickman. I thought Hickman had some impressive games last year to where I was like, okay, if they have Nolan Hickman this year, he can have a little breakout year, things will be fine. Still not impressed with Salas, unfortunately. Been a little bit underwhelmed from Hickman so far. Don't want to say he's been that bad or anything. Just a little bit underwhelmed, and maybe that was unfair expect. Yeah, and maybe that was unfair expectation set by me. But yeah, I mean, it's tough to fill in Andrew Nemhard's shoes. But I do think they need more from from Hickman, and and not that Bolton's bad either. But if they're if they're going to be a a top team, they're going to need more from them.
1: Well, I think it's tough too with Bolton because, like, I mean, Bolton is one of the best two guards. In basketball but like okay if you don't have anybody else who's creating looks like it's a lot harder to be a good two guard and i think you just saw that routinely in this game like they were trying to force everything through drew timmy because they couldn't get anything going and that was where a lot of their turnovers started to pop up um do
0: you have you felt that they're in transition less this year than they have been In previous years, when they had Suggs pushing or or Nemhard pushing, I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the defense being worse, so they're giving up more like buckets as well, so it's harder to get out and run. But even in previous years, they were able to to run off of made baskets. So it it does seem like, I haven't looked at any numbers with pace or, or possessions or anything like that, but it does seem like they're not getting out and running as much through these early games as they had in previous years, which has been a big part of Gonzaga's success.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Honestly, like, I, th- I think that's an astute assessment. Like, I thought the only times where they really got out was when Timmy grabbed the ball off of a make and then just tried to kick it ahead off of the inbounds. Um, it didn't feel like uh, Hickman was really looking for kick-aheads or did an awesome job with it or, or maybe just wasn't feeling them out. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I didn't really feel that much from them in this game. And I think part of that, too, like, Texas's ball pressure was really good. Yeah. Um, they showed like some like just token, like we're going to press you three quarters court, not and fall back. um. But yeah, I would agree with that. And that's something, again, stuff that I want to see change up this year, because especially when you're trying to get a guard going like that's a good way. If if you're not if you're struggling in the half court at all, like, OK, well, let's try and run more through you. Um, I don't think I had anything else to add on this game unless you did.
0: Not really, no. Um if we want to talk about Timmy for a little bit, we can. But I think not that it was the biggest problem this game, although you can see it at times but Texas isn't like the, the biggest team either. But I think going to to Michigan State or that game is just you can see Timmy at times when he's in the post, he does deal he doesn't deal with length that well. His yeah. footwork is so good, but if you go in against a physical guy who's not biting on the footwork, he does struggle there a little bit. But then there are times where he just gets nice touch shots or uh, is able to attack in other scenarios as well. So he still can find ways to have an impact. But yeah, his, his post game does struggle against length, which we have seen at times in previous years and a little bit this year as well.
1: Yeah, Brock Cunningham had the most random, impactful three minutes I've seen from a college basketball player in a while. That man, though, for like seven loose balls in about a two hundred second stretch, which was kind of wild. You could, they kind of pissed through Timmy off, um, which I felt like that was like right when Texas broke open the game um, randomly. Uh, but like you mentioned too, like I thought Dylan Dessou and Timmy Allen were both really good on him, and it was it wasn't just them. Like Texas's overall health principles are just attacking him as soon as he caught the ball. Um, and not really letting him get into anything was, was really good. Um, so I agree. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add on this one. Do you want to? Not I,
0: anything related to prospects from this game, but it's been like the fifth or sixth, maybe even more than that time where I've seen just these flop calls for, for being technicals really piss me off right now. I honestly, I understand they want to regulate the flops and stuff. And I honestly didn't mind the warning. Stuff before, but if they were to get rid of a warning, they have to do it. I don't want to complain. I I honestly am not someone who complains about refs much when watching games, but seeing. These texts on flops when there's clear contact where someone loses their balance and you think they flop or they're like you can still try to sell contact when there's clear contact that needs to be fixed by the time the tournament comes and I don't think anyone ever wants more reviews but I would honestly much rather have a review if you're going to be giving a tech for this flopping stuff if you're not going to give a warning just a quick little thing that's been annoying to start the year
1: I agree especially too because when you look at the uh, the first game of champ no was it first or second game of Jamie's Classic where the calls were fucking awful. Um I don't I remember which one game. but I'm pretty sure it was the second game because they, like I said I,
0: I ignore rest for the most part like I, I've done a I do a really good job of like ignoring ref and just watching what's going on because you can't really you can't really determine what the rest are going to do, but just the flopping calls when there's clear contact on a three-point shot or on a drive, okay, they fail that's it's gonna happen if there's contact and you're put off balance
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's annoying. Please fix it. It's been bad in the NBA, too. Um, well, yeah, I want to opine about UCLA really quick, uh, especially, too, because they have – so we're recording this on Friday. They play Illinois in about five hours, and I'm excited to watch that game. I'm, try, I'm probably not going to do it live. Um, but I do just want to hit on UCLA really quick, because I think that they have – they have, like, a lot of guys. I don't know – I think – What's gonna be they're they're one of the teams I'm most fascinated to see how they and how their guys end up playing out this year and what that ends up looking like on draft boards because right now the biggest agenda for me is Jalen Clark. Uh Jalen Clark has been awesome to start the year. No, it is not sustainable, but he's shooting the basketball and he's shooting it well to start the year. Uh and this is a guy who took less than one attempt per game from three his first two years at UCLA. Um, but still log big minutes because McCronin liked that he is a defensive ace who makes things happen. Um, And I also would say like good, not great feel for the game. Like he's really more of a uh, kind of smaller wing at like six, five, than I would call him like a natural guard, but he does have some handle. And I think we saw that we've seen that play out right now. Um, and just by nature, shooting more, he's getting more opportunities to run. It's worth noting, too, like, a lot of his stuff has come in transition. But he is driving more. Like, he's just showing more of an offensive game at all. Um, and I think it's more than just, like, you know, he's just – it's not just straight garbage buckets. Like, I think that there have been some really good things. He's still, like, kind of a below-the-rim guy for me. Um, like, he I, I, he's a really good athlete, but it's more in, like, what he does laterally and, you know, his ability to um, to – eat up space. Um, but again, like he showed some really interesting moments of handle and footwork attacking. Uh, so I want to see more of that. I want to see more of him getting comfortable with that. Do um, so you have Jalen Clark thoughts? He's averaging five many. shots per game right now. So uh, yeah, uh, part of many, that, actually better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, not too many besides the fact that he's been a really good start to the year. I was watching that, that game where he was just knocking down all of his threes. Really nice to see. Nice defensive play, some nice passes as well. But I, with you, I'm really looking forward to the game later today. Not sure if I'll be watching that live either. We also have Baylor. We also have Baylor-Virginia today, which is going to be another really fun game. But in terms of Jalen Clark's thoughts, just, just someone to keep an eye on. But you were talking about how just their players' draft stock will be interesting to watch throughout the whole year because they have a variety of different players. That's sort of been the story for them for the last two three four years as yep. well when they've still had Jaime mean, Hawkins, but they had johnny choosing and all these they had other players as well so it's the same story just some a few different players added into it with a few players gone now
1: yeah uh to continue off that too um i don't i'm not loving what i've seen from my Hawkins so far to be honest like i really like i think he's a draftable guy and he's, he's interesting but like I've been pretty underwhelmed with this passing to start the year. Like he, especially in the uh like the the two games that I watched today. Um, I think that he's been a little bit of tunnel vision. Like he's had guys wide open for passes that I've seen him make before that he's not making. Um and again, it could just be small sample size, so maybe I'm being too harsh. But that that is something I, I no, I,
0: I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair because I honestly felt that way a little bit last year as well, where he does show the flashes. Almost every year he shows the, the the passing flashes, but I I do think some tunnel vision has been showing up for some time as well.
1: Yeah, and so to me that was a little bit disappointing. Um, I obviously like this the strength based stuff is still really fun, but I think in terms of actual NBA draft pro- like projection, him posting up as much as he does while also not really creating out of it, other than his own shot, has been like that's the kind of thing that I was hoping we would see improve with him coming back again, but um still time to see how it plays out this year but you know i feel like a lot of the early tendencies are things that we see translate through the rest of the year um let's talk about amari bailey really quick he's had an interesting first couple games like i think he's he shot pretty well from the floor he hasn't shot awesome from three but he hasn't i want to see him take a lot more threes he's only taking um he's only taking about five i think in his first he likes the mid range he likes getting to his mid-range right now mid-range and to be fair He's shooting almost 62% from two. So, like, that's pretty good. Um, I want to – he's a guy that I need to watch a lot this year and see more of of how he he progresses. Because, like, he's really interesting to me as, like, I I see the intrigue, like, um, of being somebody who can – is a pretty fluid scorer. Um, He is a little – not a little bit. Like, he's very below the rim. Um, He has some good craft inside the arc uh but right now like there's not a lot of space creation um and i think that that was a little bit jarring to see play out against like long beach state and sacramento state he was having problems creating space against like even off the catch um like there are moments where he is attacking the close out from the corner has a step or two on his man and then the guy's back in front of him before he even gets to the paint so like that kind of thing again it could just be getting acclimated to the to college and getting acclimated to ncaa length so um worth tracking and noting. I think getting more threes up would really help him. I don't really have a great feel for his passing vision. Um, I don't think that it's awesome, but I don't think it's terrible either. Moose has thoughts. Um, I didn't really get a great feel for his defense because UCLA was pretty dominant defensively in, in all the games that they played, just mostly on length and being super athletic. Um, but again, like somebody to, to keep watching. It was, it's weird too, cause I just don't really understand this offense yet. Um,
0: just to add on to the offense as well, I think something that could help Amari and the whole team is, and I don't think we're going to see it much, but if they just, they have a lot of good transition players and I would love to see them get out and just run more often. Doesn't like something that we'll see. Cause just, just cause of how they've played the last couple of years with, with Mick, but A lot of their players are good transition players and you can see that when they get out and transition, they can make stuff happen. And I think for Amari specifically, that would help him a good amount. So I I would like to see that. um, Not that I expect it, but I think that would help them out. And Jaime Hawkins as well, him getting out him down, getting momentum going downhill on the open floor would help him out as well. Just get to the basket easier.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. And I think that's I mean that that stems to our last guy too. Like I am partially biased because I really liked uh I really liked a Dembona at prolific prep. Um he is like a special mover at his size. Like he had a play against, I think it was against Long Beach State, where he had like some of the best slides I've seen out of like uh just like a, a late switch. He ended up being a foul because he tripped over himself and, and like ran into the guy. Um, but point being, like he moves incredibly well this size. I think he's already a really hard roller and that impacts the defense. Um, I like some of the stuff from him as a screener already. He's done some good stuff, like on yeah, like I, I meant to post the clip, but I ended up not posting it because I didn't want to like interrupt watching the game. But like he had a really nice take off of the DHO go um that I was encouraged by uh he's kind of in like that same vein for me of uh that's speaking on both sides like I think the the mobility defensively is really interesting especially like they've played him closer to the level already they've been comfortable icing with him they've been comfortable doing more stuff like just having him close to the screen I think that's gonna be that's gonna have to be his bread and butter because he I think he's good at um not fouling and being near the rim and in the paint as a as a defender um but I think that there are always going to be primary room protection issues. Cause to me, he's more six nine than he was actually like six ten or six 11. Um, like it's very much like the Onyeka Kongu thing. Like, and he's obviously not the defensive prospect that Onyeka was. Um, but like, it's the same thing of like, okay, well, even if you are in, in the right place and you are really long and you have good timing, like, okay. It's just hard to be a primary room protector when you're six foot nine. So I think like, again, like, being coverage versatile and really leading into his mobility is important. And that's like you're mentioning, like with how much they have with that, I want to see UCLA play a lot more in transition and trying to be much more aggressive and just force things like that. Cause their whole roster is like guys who would eat in transition, which is like, it makes it even more maddening that they slow things down. Like they do. Cause it's like, and they're a good,
0: like, and they have talented players. They're supposed to be a really good team. Just imagine if they were to get out and run more often. It exactly. Would be a really really tough team to beat, yeah. but I I do think them slowing things down actually hurts them, and that makes more room for or gives them less room for error or more margin for or more more room for randomness to happen because there's just less shots and they, they rely on half court offense to be created and rely on tough shots and you can see that happen in, in games where they go against teams that want to run more and. Sometimes they do run a little bit more with them. And other times you see that like the Gonzaga final four game where Gonzaga tries to run and UCLA. Nope. We'll just stand in half court for 20 seconds before we get into our, our play. So we'll, we'll see how that goes this year, but I I really would like to see them get out and transition more. And I, I think it would help the prospects, but I also think it would just help the team win more games.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, But with, to me, and I could be wrong. I think to me, Bona is the guy I'm most, I'm probably highest on right now in terms of long-term projection. Um, But I still want to see a lot more because like he, he's, he's interesting. I just like, again, I need to get a better feel for him. I don't, we'll, we'll talk more about him in the future for sure. Um, I know you wanted to talk about somebody before we get out of here. Who was that?
0: Yeah, I think I want to bring up David Jones who has for St. John's who has been really, really good to start the year. He was at DePaul previous years. He had had some hot shooting games and had some nice games there, but he was never really consistent. shooter. the shot, the numbers have always been bad there. But he has stood out before, and I think he's just gotten out to a really, really good start this year. I actually did not get to watch the Nebraska game yesterday yet. I'm going to be watching that later today. That was the game that I was no excited to see with him, but I was obviously at the harvard West that game last night. But that was the, that was Saint John's first test of competition, pretty much. But on the year through through four games, he's 11 for 28 from three so far, 39. percent Obviously, still small sample size, but he hasn't shot. He didn't even shoot over 30 percent last year, and at his like the thing I like about him a lot is he's at his size. He's he's listed at six six, has a really good first step and really good handles I don't know if I say really good handles but good handles where he can create separation at that size as well so having a good first step with good handles and the strength that he has is really really intriguing especially if the shot is falling at a good rate I think he has I haven't watched yesterday yet so I want to I want to see it first but I do think he's going to have a case for being one of the better prospects in the Big East honestly I want to see how he looked yesterday against better competition. Not that Nebraska is some crazy good team either, but it's just a big step up compared to who they had previously played. And then I also want to see how the defense looks. Defense has been inconsistent before as well. There's one play that from last year that I'll never forget where he just did like five or six different great things on the same possession where he was talking, getting over a screen, rotating, all this kind of stuff. So I don't think it's, anything that's been consistent with him at all. I'm not even sure I'd say he's a great defender or even a good defender yet. Um, But he has flashes there. So I do want to see how he looks. 100% someone to keep an eye on. From how he's played so far, it looks like he should be getting drafted. I do think that... I'll leave this. I, I don't want to say it yet, but I do think that there will be a conversation that could be had between him and Kaluma uh, depending on how the shot goes. Arthur Kaluma had a lot of hype coming into this year, but I do think if David show, David Jones shot is real, he might even be the better prospect or just be in the same conversation as Kaluma. So that's someone to keep an eye on. Probably one been one of the guys that has stood out to me the most this year so far.
1: He is somebody that I'm interested to check up on, especially because uh, St. John's has like one of the weirdest teams in basketball this year, but they have had a nice start. Um, because like you mentioned, I think they, the, the brass scheme was like really close at halftime. It looked super ugly and then they kind of blew them out in the second half. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to go in and check out on that as well. Um, I think that's a good point to transition to, to closing and games that we are excited about coming up in Thanksgiving week, because this is where we have honestly like our best non-conference stretch in basketball. is going to be We have all the tournaments, we have all the fun stuff. So, Zach, I will let you start off on this one.
0: So I'll start off first. We've talked about both of these teams multiple times already, but next or on Wednesday will be Pepperdine. I think it's Wednesday. We'll be Pepperdine versus UCLA. We'll get Pepperdine going up against the top team. So we'll we'll see how Houston will let Max Lewis go up against them. But then we also got to see the UCLA guys that we just talked about, that you talked about. And I do think that it will be a tougher not a tougher, but they have good guard play, uh, Pepperdine does, with, with with Mike Mitchell and Millette, and they also have Max Lewis on the on the wing. So it will be a good matchup for, for seeing some of the UCLA defense as well because they are – while Pepperdine is not a great team, they're a talented offensive team, which will be fun to watch.
1: Definitely. Well, I'm excited to watch that one. Um, I have just a couple games I want to run through. Uh, Dayton-Wisconsin play, uh, which I think that's on Monday – I'm excited for that one just because it's an interesting test for Dayton, uh, for both Deron Holmes and Mike Sheriff Jamps. Um, because not that – I mean, Wisconsin's better than I think people were projecting this year. Uh, it's going to be the same thing as always. They're going to play slow. They're going to be uh, a difficult half-court defense. Um, so I think that's an interesting opportunity just to see how they play. Um Tennessee and Butler play, which that game is probably not as good as it once was, but I do think it is interesting for seeing, you know, like just how they look in general. Um I butler, I want to see more of just given that Admon is back and I expect them to be decent this year. Um, Kansas and NC State, I'm very excited for. Uh you because, took one of my other ones, but okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not mean I was just running through really quick. So I, uh, no, no, I know, I know. Well, yeah, I mean we get we get Turk Smith versus Versus the Kansas defense. And, like, to me, that's that's exactly what I want to see. Like, that's, that's, a, that's going to be one of the hugest games for him as a prospect this year, uh, in my opinion, especially with how Florida State is looking right now. Because Florida State would be, like, the nice litmus test. But TBD on that one. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Kansas is looking like a really great opportunity to see what Turk Smith can do um, against higher-level defenses this year.
0: Yeah, so I think you have a couple more, but I'll list off my other two first. these are both games that are reliant on teams winning in their respective tournaments for Thanksgiving. The Maui imitation I brought up in the last one, we, we have a possibility of getting Arkansas versus Creighton, and I think that is a game that I would really, really love to see. Creighton plays Texas Tech first, which is still going to be a good game, but if Creighton beats texas tech and arkansas beats louisville which they should then we'll get the arkansas creighton matchup on that same side of the bracket which will be a lot of fun and then we have a possibility of getting gonzaga duke in the finals of the phil knight legacy i'm pretty sure and I don't think anyone will ever say no to a Gonzaga-Duke matchup. So those are the other two that are are reliant on winning in their respective tournaments, but we do have uh, potential to see those matchups.
1: That was like game of the year last year when Gonzaga and Duke played. That was fun. That was like the I'll, first massive prospect game. That was very fun.
0: I'll never forget the Gonzaga-Duke game when it was Zion and Brandon Clark and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish that game that that game during that draft cycle i probably watched over 8 times Holy there is just there was just so many different prospects in that game from cuz it was an early game of the season i watched it over yeah. the offseason as well it was just such an incredibly fun game yeah. to watch but yeah gonzaga duke it always it, it, it delivers it delivers
1: oh yeah um my last two uh yukon and oregon uh mainly just See Kill where uh yeah. how he looks against a really good front court, Adama Sinogo. Will Clingen's played pretty well. I mean, Donovan Klingens played pretty well to start the year, um, but mostly Sonogo because he's I I love Adama Sinogo. 75% three-point shooter, Adama Sinogo. Um
0: <laughs> sustainable, definitely yeah, sustainable. very
1: sustainable. Um, and for UConn as well. I mean, Tristan Newton has started really well this year. I think Jordan Hawkins is gonna be out still because he got a concussion, if I remember correctly. Andre Jackson is still out, so it's not quite the same, but I, I do think it's still interesting. Um, and then Alabama and Michigan State. Uh, for Just for watching Alabama's plethora of guys who could kind of rise up this year, um, that will be interesting to watch because we know Michigan State's going to be a really good defensive team. So excited for that one. Um, kind of a really nice battle of, like, one team that's extremely good at offense, one team that's extremely good at defense. Who actually wins? But... Um, probably the team that can score but uh yeah well well let see uh we will see how that plays out but uh yeah well zach i think to me that's, that's probably all i got unless you have anything else you want to record.
0: yeah i think that's good we recorded a few days ago so there's not that much new stuff that's came up but wanted to get this out before we have a million games next week of, of thanksgiving um yeah i'm good
1: Perfect. All right. Well, Zach, this has been fun to everyone listening. Of course, go sub to Zach on Patreon, sub to me on Patreon, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I will have the links down below. And most importantly, have a rest of your day.